Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast, first one of 2019, and in fact, I, Kevin Asian in Peoria, Arizona, spring training, pitchers and catchers report, as we record this on Tuesday, they report tomorrow, first workout on Thursday, weather permitting, Jay Posner, my boss, back in San Diego, uh, Jay, welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin, how you been? Huh. I, I feel like you've been man. so. I feel like you've been so busy keeping track of all the moves that the Padres have <laughs> haven't made in the off season. That I mean, we barely talked, barely saw each other. I, the whole how did the off season fly by so fast? I mean, it seems like just yesterday they signed Greg Garcia and and Ian Kinsler <laughs> and 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 okay. I, I, that's about it. Well, Garrett Richards. Oh, Garrett Richards, right for next year. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, that yeah. Was, I thought that was a good signing, but it's not going to help them. Uh, sure. Now, uh, $15 million, maybe. Uh, but, hey, they really do believe in him. But, again, that's his story, as so many are, for 2020. But for 2019, uh, yeah. Ian Kinsler, Greg Garcia, a couple of infielders. I think Ian Kinsler is going to be your starting second baseman. Luis Urias will be your uh, starting shortstop. Where will Greg Garcia be? He might not be on the roster, but a uh, local kid. Uh, he's very excited to be here. Uh, but that's it, Jay. That's the end, at least for now, as we speak. Uh, what? It's, it's about afternoon here in, in Peoria on Tuesday. And who's playing third base? You, Dennis Lind, A.J. Casavell? You guys all just going to fight it out in, in spring training for that last starting job? <laughs> they uh, swear, though, if you were to ask them right now, like if A.J. Preller were, were on the, the podcast, uh, which we should do sometime, that would be fun, would be. Uh, he would talk about uh, in-house candidates, you know, your Ty Francis uh, and that sort of thing. And, and, but I think uh, he and others would privately say, we're going to sign someone and that's going to be the deal. And is that Mike Moustakas? Is is that Marlon Gonzalez? Is that Manny Machado? Um, I think the first two I mentioned are are more likely. Moustakas is probably the most likely, Uh, but look, uh, they're waiting, as uh, I wrote, and it uh, was in today's paper. It was online yesterday. They're they're waiting on these guys. Now, I'll be uh, straightforward. I don't know the finality of the offers they've given. I don't know the formality of the offers they've given, but uh, the Potters have given to these two players. But all parties know the parameters in which they are operating. And once the players decide that they're going to, you know, come to an agreement, it will happen quickly. I think. Now, this is not based on any sort of evidence, really. It's just based on sort of history and, and how things happen. That it will happen by the end of the week uh, before uh, players, the full squads, uh, r- report. I think that's when it'll happen. I was just going to say what kind of timing are we looking at? Because I do remember last year um, having company at my house on a Saturday night <laughs> of what is this next weekend here, the holiday weekend, and being rudely interrupted by my Padres beat writer who said he had he was breaking a very big story and that was the time and of course it was it was it was great that you broke the story it was about it was a story that I had wish that I had said they should not that should not break um, <laughs> because I didn't think that was a wise use of their of their assets for one year anyway uh, I, myself and Bryce Miller were proven correct about about for Eric Hosmer but we will see. Uh, we will see what happens with with Hosmer, but anyway, back to the what my original point was. It was this next weekend when that yep. happened, and you're saying you think that could happen again. Now let's let's go here because the bottom line is the Padres have made offers 
to Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, two of the best players in baseball. Both 26 years old, have bright futures ahead of them, you would think. Is there any legitimate chance that either one of these players winds up in San Diego as a member of the home team? What, I believe there is a legitimate chance. And who's I more, legi- who's more likely. likely? I think Manny Machado is more likely. But again, and this has been the hard thing about this whole hot stove leak, which I, you know, I wasn't a, a huge fan of the NFL draft because these kids hadn't played it down in, in the NFL. But it was big for, you know, the people that I serve, the, the readers, and so you get into it. Um, I'm re- I reluctantly get involved in the hot stove, Jay, because things change. Uh, different people are putting out different things. Sometimes an agent is putting out different things than the player and vice versa. Uh, you don't know when you're being used. I mean, you just watch it, and, and you see the tweets fly, and they seem to be different in the afternoon and then in the morning, and then suddenly there's two weeks of silence. Right. So I'm just... I say all that to say, like, I don't know. But you hear things where one day I'm positive. Man, this is for real on, on, on Bryce Harper, right? And then, you know, you hear things uh, the next day. Uh, no, look, someone else is going to come up with the big money, and he's not going to end up here. Um, you hear Manny Machado doesn't like the West Coast, and then you hear, uh, no, you know what? They're, they're, they're down with it. Um, you hear he's, he's playing the Padres, and then you sit here. No, no, they're comfortable that, that Manny's not. Um, anyway, I, I honestly don't know, and I would say that anyone who thinks they do, like I saw that the uh, one of the online betting sites, and I don't right. think they're actually taking bets on this, um, but uh, they put that the Padres had the second best chance to land both players behind the Yankees for Machado, behind the Phillies for uh, Harper. They don't know either. It's, so, and then I think yeah, I saw the Gi- I, I think I saw the Giants as favorites Giants. on another uh, on Giants, another right. site, but for um, right for Harper. But uh, so, it, it seems like a, an awful lot of just you know, and, and it's it's one of the I guess negatives and one of the things I don't like about sports. And this was the same way I know when you did football, you know, and especially around the you know, especially with the combine and all that stuff. It's like so much gets put on this, but I think I. Is there a situation here where the and you hinted at this today, in uh, in your story, but is there a situation here where the Padres, by putting themselves out there for mm. these two guys, in a situation where maybe they're certainly not the favorites, I would say to land either one, are they just setting themselves up for as you mm. called it another letdown? And at this point, yeah. with their relationship with some of their fans, and I'm not going to say all of their fans. But some of their fans, are they setting themselves up for people to just say, oh, yeah, sure, same old Padres. Yeah, sure, they made an effort. They probably made some lowball offer. Because, of course, we don't know the actual <laughs> offer. I mean, only, right. the, only the agents and the, and the Padres know the offer. You see where I'm going, though. Is, is there a, are, the, are the Padres running a risk here of – do they feel like – they must feel like they have a chance at these guys because otherwise it seems like the risk is so high – to put themselves out there is just, you know, letting down people again, you know, building it up. Oh, we're going to do this. Oh, we didn't do it. Well, sure. And what I'll say this is they're running the risk. I don't agree with the, the strict characterization of setting themselves up because that's not what they're doing. Maybe being set up or, or you know, they're, but they're running the risk when they do this of that perception. And from the outside where you and I sit, where fans sit, perception is reality a lot of times, right? So 100% Jay. That there is that risk, and 100%, the Padres are not happy about that. However, and this is why I don't like the whole they're setting themselves up. 
They have to say, who cares? We have to go after these guys. Mm-hmm. We owe that to ourselves. Now, I'm not saying they're not, they don't care about the fans. Of course they do. But they, they, they're running this, this business of baseball and a business, and they think it's best to put themselves out there to try to get these two players. Now, if it was a crap offer just for PR's sake, which I do not believe that it was, then, then that's one thing. But since I don't believe that's what it was, they are trying to make their team better. In doing so, absolutely, they are. It's why I led with it, because that's, to me, that's just a big feeling right now. It's like, oh my gosh, you got us so excited, especially since uh, the uh, takeaway for many fans from another uh, story from this offseason, just shortly before uh, I wrote about them pursuing Machado, was the story about the Padres and the debt reduction and getting themselves in good financial shape to go forward to spend money, probably not this year. And everybody, not everybody, but that there's this certain segment of fans and people that read this story, there were a lot of them, got down, oh, we saw it's going to be this forever. And then, boom, Machado, ah! And they're riding the pink cloud and the roller coaster. And that's kind of the irony of this offseason, right, Jay? Like, nothing's happened, but Padres fans have ridden this incredible roller coaster. Right, no, it's, it's true, and... and... You know, some people were were skeptical of that of that story, and and you know that's obviously I'm not going to be critical of of that. I mean, I think the story was it was a good story, and I'm glad we did it. And and it it wasn't intended to tell the entire story of the all the Padres financials because that's not going to be told. Someone's not going to be able to do that. But I think you were able to shed some light on something. I mean, I I have you know there were it, it's a I guess an unfortunate situation that 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 happened and, and whether the Padres handled it best or not, I, I guess that's for others to say in terms of, of debt reduction and how long it's taken and, and, and all that sort of thing. But the idea of going after these players, I think should be taken as a good thing um, because there is risk involved in any of this, uh, in yep. any of this stuff. And as, as someone who's, you know, spends my falls watching football, wishing for coaches to take more chances I'm not going to be critical of a baseball organization for doing the same thing, but I just felt like I needed to ask the question of you and let people hear why they're doing this. And and, and if it is perceived as, you know, yet another tease, yet another letdown, I guess that's something, you know, the Padres will just will live with knowing that (laughs) they took a shot and, and, you know, hopefully for their fans, it was their best shot. Uh, And sometimes people just don't want to, take the offer maybe somebody makes a better offer maybe somebody maybe Manny Machado doesn't want to play on the west coast maybe Bryce Harper doesn't want to play in San Diego or maybe he I mean there's so many variables that we all don't know about you know they're but they're going to be judged obviously on did they get the guy did they not get the guy and you know I would love to see one of those guys in a Padre uniform I think it would be exciting for the team it'd be exciting for the city um there'd be some you know some some more reason certainly reason for hope in 2019 that that honestly doesn't seem to exist right now uh you know the the Padres say they're going to be better in 2019 but as we look at the roster now you know if they're going to be better it's going to be just a few games better because some of these young guys you you figure will continue to get better you you'd figure that Hosmer can't be as bad as he was last year you hope that Will Myers plays in more than half the games. I mean, you know, and, and yada, yada, yada. But I, I think everything seems like it's going to be judged now from, from some of the fans that you, the reaction you see on, 
yeah, I'll buy tickets if you sign one of these guys. Um, <laughs> now, you know, I don't put myself in that category as a fan. I, I buy tickets because I like baseball. Uh, I like going to games. It's good entertainment. Uh, but I know there's a large segment of people out there that are going to say, yeah, I'll go to games if you sign one of these guys. And so it's it's just going to be an interesting Hopefully not. I was going to say week. Hopefully not more than a week because I'd love to just see it decided um, one way or the other. Uh, at this point, let's let's have a resolution to this, and then we can move on to hearing about who's in the best shape of their lives. So. <laughs> yes, it all it all it always seems to uh, to come to that. But uh, yes, I'm I'm excited for that. Believe me, because uh, it was a great relief last year. And look, Hosmer's not at the level of these two guys, but he was last year. He was one of the top two or three free agents last year. I mean, you know, the class wasn't anything like this year, right? Um, right. And and so it was a big deal when they when they signed uh, Hosmer. And so it was really a relief when okay, that's done now. You know, last year it was me getting you know getting to know these guys. Uh, this year it's getting to know them again and 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 t- continuing to tell the story rather than it being like as you said to me yesterday, completely valid, right? Your pitchers and catchers are reporting. I got a, some, what I think are some really interesting stories the next couple of days. But it's like, well, you said you know like, well, do you have something on what people really care about? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I phrased I don't think I phrased it quite like that. But but I but, but I do think you know it, yeah, I, I do think. It was time, you know. It would kind of been a few days, or maybe even yeah. a little more than that, without an update on these guys. And I, I do think that's at the forefront of of everyone's thinking, and especially, yes. especially because spring training is so, so, so long. And stop it, Jay! I have forty two days left. I, I know, and the idea of of you and and I, you being ensconced, as I mentioned yesterday on Twitter, you being ensconced in Peoria with your Hot Wheels epic hot track. Oh pack or whatever you Can found you that? today in the in the in the closet next time i anything more to the vacuum a hot wheels track it will be built by 3 p.m <laughs> um but anyway it, it's like that's why i think the idea of, of getting this other thing settled but yeah. let's for a moment since pitchers and catchers do report tomorrow and they will be on the field uh Thursday for you to chronicle what are a couple of the early things that you'll be looking for this week um with the I I mean pitchers the catchers thing is obvious they have two catchers and it's we'll see how that plays out but what are you going to be looking for in terms of the of the pitchers uh and you mentioned a couple stories coming up what give us a little tease about what those are well, really, they're, they're two of the bigger stories. That's why I'm, I'm starting there. And, and one is Matt Strom, who last year, while still recovering from uh, a knee injury and playing about uh, 20 pounds under uh, his weight, uh, and, you know, having never pitched in the majors more than 30 innings, I think it was, or 30-something, um, he was excellent last year. And that, as I said, was not Matt Strom at full strength. Uh, interesting story about things he did this offseason and how they're going to try to stretch him out because they see him as a starter. But he's sort of the poster child for the pitching staff this year, which is he's a guy who could give you uh, two batters or four innings of relief. And, and they would be, you know, you would expect every time he'd go out and they'd be scoreless. He's one of those guys where you're like, we love having this guy. Or you can stretch him out. He can be a starter who you think is a legit starter who's going to give you six or seven every time. Right. So, I, which, you know. I, I mean, I think he, he, he fascinates me. I, I thought I was really oh. impressed with him last year. And I, that's a guy I can't wait to see what they do with him and how they how they feel is best to use him because he, he looks like a guy who, who could be a legitimate um whether it's like a number three starter or a legitimate, you know, bullpen piece 
to use. And I, I think that's really interesting to see, which leads you to yeah. your next story about how they're going to use this pitching staff, right? The, the creating, the, yeah, the, you know, getting creative, uh, not necessarily innovative, uh, but, but maybe uh, with their pitching staff. Look, you're going to have Joey Lucchese, maybe Matt Strong, maybe, you know, Eric Lauer, um, that you're going to say, I mean, heck, maybe Brian Mitchell, if he's September Brian Mitchell, where you're going to say, <laughs> oh, excuse you're, me. You're, you're, you're a Wait, starter. sorry, you're I, thought you said Brian, I thought you said Brian Mitchell. <laughs> yes, <laughs> September Brian Mitchell, and if again the biggest word in the English language, right? You, right. So you you got you're a starter. You say to certain guys, and that you know in the traditional sense of the word, but then you have a bunch of other guys. And by the way, those are four guys, and maybe one or two of them, or three of them, you know, are that guy. But you know, maybe there's this other spot where, or two spots every two games every five or six days that you say, no, you know what. We're going to roll Luis Perdomo out there. We're going to let him go through the order once. And then we're going to roll Robbie Erlin out there. Let him go through the order once. And then we're going to, you know, roll Robert Stock out there. Let him go through the order once. And then, boom, we are to, uh, you know, Wingenter, Stan and Yates, boom. And, and that's a, you know what? That's a pretty good recipe. Uh, how sustainable is it? I don't know. How right. often will that, uh, you know, will that crew get a win? I don't know. But uh, do you see that? Do you it's see probably that? better than counting on Robbie Erlin to be a starter. Right. Do you see that as something that they are interested in long and it's obviously no. who knows about long term with managers or coaches or anything, but or right. do you see that as more this is kind of waiting for guys to waiting for guys to be ready? Uh, you right. know, Lo- Logan, Logan Allen's and and Chris right. obviously Chris Paddock will be on an innings limit. Um, Cal Quantrill. This year, Cal Quantrill, that, those kind of guys. The reason that you would do this, and hey, so Matt Strong starts out and he's pitching seven innings. And let's say he goes seven innings, you know, uh, three or four times by June. Uh, he ain't going seven innings three or four times uh, the rest of the season because he's never pitched more than last year's 16 or third innings. So he's on a pitch limit. Right. Chris Paddock, who last year at this time wasn't even throwing off a mound. Um, and, you know, if he starts the season or even comes up in April or May, you know what? He's not going to be able to go six or seven every time, uh, if ever. Uh, Logan Allen, he'd be more like a guy who probably could get stretched out to 130 or something, but that's not 180 or 200. Sure. Uh, Cal Quantrill, same thing. So, it, and there, all these names, plus Morahone, Baez, possibly, you know, as soon as next year, Mackenzie Gore, mm, probably 2021, uh, Ryan Weathers, I mean, uh, uh, Luis Patino, uh, I mean, on and on. That's why it's not like, hey, wow, we really needed to get uh, Dallas Keuchel this year or, or Sonny Gray this year or, you know, uh, Noah Syndergaard this year. Um, it's that there's there's reinforcements coming, and yes, once they're once they're here, we're going to need to get an ace probably. Because, you know, Mackenzie Gore is not going to show up in 2021 and, and uh, win 20 games. But it, they see it as a bridge is my short answer. Right. Well, it's interesting because last year – the innings leader was Clayton Richard, um, who, who was, <clears throat> excuse me, was 158 and two thirds. The top returning guy was Joey Lucchese at 130, basically averaged five innings uh, an outing. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Lauer was at 112. Uh, I mean, Tyson Ross was higher than that. So, I mean, you've only got three guys returning who even threw who threw more than 80 innings last year. Yep. Um, and the and the next guy, the guy who threw 79 innings, was Craig Stammen. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of, it look it seems like there's going to be a lot of piecing together, um, for this year. And, and I, I guess if you're looking at a year where you're not 
going to contend, which is a different story about whether they are or aren't and why they are or, or are not. But if, if you're going to be doing some experimenting, this would seem to be the year to do that. And, and they should be able to get a lot of, a, a lot of looks at a lot of guys um, based, on, you know, based on what you're talking about there. Yeah, because, you know, let's say next year, I don't know what uh, next offseason, I don't know how Garrett Richards is going to be. Remember, Denelson Lamette is going to come back in late June, July, right. if, if everything stays on course. Um, I would think they'd have more of a traditional starting staff next year, but you know what? If, uh, if Quantrill doesn't come up uh, till later this year, I mean, uh, you know, Paddock doesn't come up till later, let's say they bring Patino up this uh, next year, I'm Maybe next year they are somewhat like this also because of the uniqueness with Miguel Diaz, or Jose Castillo, um, and, and Robert Stock, Robbie Erland, who was sensational. I kind of took a shot at him as a, as a you know, what may have seemed like a shot as a starter, but he had a 205 ERA and like a one, a, a sub one uh, whip as as a reliever. So, right, right. Um, that's a real weapon. No, I mean they, they. It's it's funny. I mean you, you, all those guys. I mean they're they're not exactly. Um, you know they're not exactly household names, but a lot of those guys pitched pretty well last year, certainly at at times, um, and do show, uh, you know, and do show potential, um, at, at, and showed a lot of potential at various times. I mean, Jose Castillo at times last year looked unhittable. There were other times not so much, but he only gave up twenty three hits in thirty eight innings. So um, he had like one or two big outings where like he gave up three runs or something like that. Right, right. And other times. Man, no, I mean, he yeah. was a, he, that was a guy with a sub one, uh, a sub one whip. You know, Stammen's right around one. Robert Stock was a little bit um, over one, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of arms there, and that's why it's interesting. I, I think the idea of limiting pitching staffs, and Andy Green talked about this in your Q and A with him. <clears throat> limiting pitching staffs for these guys would not be a good thing, uh, and that that and he made a great point, which is that you know you're you're talking about. What am I supposed to do if I've got if, if you know we played 17 innings the night before and I got three guys who are unavailable and another guy who's hurt and you know or am I supposed to put a pitcher at risk because of this arbitrary uh, limit? I, I like some of the other things they're talking about with pitchers and you know minimum appearances and that sort of thing, but or minimum batters. But it does seem a little weird to to start dictating rosters, uh, you know, roster size for yeah. people. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I don't. I don't expect that to. Uh, I'd be surprised if that happened at least this year. And and I'm sure that I'm sure that Andy Green's not the only manager uh, that has expressed that viewpoint to. Uh, yeah, you know, and, to and, and we know a lot of that is. Uh, oh, hey, the union's going to put out this idea, so then the you know the uh, MLB puts out this idea, I and mean, a lot of that's negotiating. And so we'll see. But you're you're absolutely right about that. I like the limits uh, idea. Um, but you know, I talked like, yesterday when I was talking with uh, Strom, and I bet you'd be the same any pitcher. That would be their concern, not so much the eighteen inning game, which are very rare. But of course, which I sat through one last year in Arizona, <laughs> and they had a game the next night. Right. They used everybody on their staff, and then they had to bring up two more people. But what was more common <laughs> with the Padres uh, last year would be like a back to back three inning starts. Right. Not right. on purpose either. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, they've had to empty out their bullpen two ga- two days in a row, and they have a game the next day. And so uh, absolutely, I think that's ridiculous uh, that you would impose uh, rules changes and uh, limits on your pitchers. Right. But we got, we got far afield, but I guess that's the fun of, of, of the uh, Hot Lava podcast. It is. And, you know, I, I, don't want to, uh, I don't want to keep you anymore. This is a good start for, you know, we didn't do a ton this offseason. I think we'd 
planned to do more, but nothing happened. So it didn't feel like there was a lot to talk about. And then I know we were both sick for a while, so nobody wanted to hear us uh, during that time. So it's good to it's good to get started. I don't want to keep you any more from your from your hot building the Hot Wheels track. Um, I, I know you'll have more people down there this week to help cover that are certainly going to want to be involved with that. So uh, we'll we'll let you uh, we'll let you move on and, and get to that, and we'll we'll come back uh, and do one of these uh, when either certainly next week, and if there's big news before that, then we'll we'll jump on and do it again. We'll do a nine one one hot lava podcast right. if one of the big guys is signed. That's right. Um, if it's Mustakas, we could wait twenty four. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't put Mustakas in the nine one one category, but uh, and then of course uh, everybody full, first full squad workout is on Monday. So how about this? We'll do uh, we'll do a podcast uh, or we'll record it on Monday, and that's when we'll get into talking about uh, Tatis, Fernando Tatis, and, and and what are the prospects for him, and maybe a little bit more into some you know Hosmer and Myers, how the outfield's going to work. Right. But, uh, we've rambled on long enough today. Uh, very much appreciate it, Jay, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds great, Kevin.